welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to Big Dog's Corner here on a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy. I am your host. Tonight we have brought you Dr. Richie and also co-host Mariano Mendoza. <laughs> Mariano Mendoza. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) we've brought you Dr. Richie Colt. He is a mental health professional with a BA and Master's of Science in Psychology from USC and Cal State and becoming a licensed therapist in 1995 through the Board Behavioral Science Examiners. Um, Now, he went on to earn two additional academic degrees, his second master's degree in 1995, followed by his Ph.D. in clinical psychology in 1999. In addition, Dr. Ritchie has treated a variety of clients from those that suffer with schizophrenia uh, to those that, you know, have other serious mental health issues. Uh, now, his two main focuses in his career at this time uh, are primi- primarily in criminality and uh, addiction. And he also has a show, The Chopping Block, with Dr. Ritchie and the Chief. Dr. Ritchie, welcome to Big Dog's Corner. It's great to have you on. Thank you, Don. It's great to be here. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I've got to say, uh, first off, color me impressed uh, because look at all of look at all of your degrees. That's amazing. And I'd really like to know how you kept your focus to be able to keep going to school for so long and not run the other direction like so many people do. Thank you. Well, it's, you know, school kind of helped keep me aligned to a degree. And right. then I was also kind of messing up at the same time. But I was fascinated with the subject matter of psychology. And um, I knew that, you know, it's getting in the groove, you know, starting off that way and just wanting to be a psychologist at um, in 11th grade. You know, I was I was getting I was doing really poorly in, in high school. I got a D minus in English and I failed U.S. history and I took a psychology class and I thought, man, this is um, this this is interesting. This is what I want to do. So I went to the counselor and she's like, what are your plans, Richie? And I go, I want to be a psychologist. She's like, well, you know, you're a known drug dealer, known drug user. You're getting D's and F's. That's not very realistic. Right. And fortunately, it went in one ear and out the other. (laughs) And um, because my father had instilled in me that you could accomplish anything you set your mind to. And um, I just believed him because he's been my greatest role model. He's the greatest guy I know. And and I just stuck with it. But I had a lot of fun and I'm interested in the subject matter. And um, it was a way to prolong my adolescence, too. So not my, all my motives have not been pure, you know. <laughs> well, um, it's very inspirational that I can say now. Can you share with us what made you turn your main focus from working in the mental health professional over to the criminology and the or criminality and addiction services? Um, have you suffered with the disease of addiction yourself, or is it something? Yeah, it's really interesting the way that it happened because 
some people already have it set like, hey, this is the population I want to work with. My whole thing was I was just interested in psychology. Mm-hmm. And so I started going in that way. And then it was pretty much just happenstance that I worked with um, addicts and criminal offenders. Okay. It started out by, like I said, first I was working with people who have schizophrenia mm-hmm. as a psych tech. When I went to USC, I was getting paid four twenty-five an hour, which was minimum wage back then. Right. And it made me really grateful that I didn't hear voices and have hallucinations. It just made me grateful because I had already done drugs and had a lot of experiences that were kind of out there, but I always knew, Hey, I'll come back down, you know, and it just, my heart went out to these people that, heard voices and stuff. So then one of my next gigs was, and, and it, I hit it off with a teacher of mine at Cal State LA, and she ran this place called the Valley Trauma Center in Northridge. So I started working with victims of violent crime, rape and incest survivors. And I was a young dude and I had long blonde hair. I was kind of a surfer stoner. And a lot of the clients were, you know, middle-aged women. And it really gave me a lot of empathy for them, for what people go through who are sexually abused. I had right. not gone through that experience, fortunately. But it wasn't the most ideal fit, me being a young male and and the, the clients mainly being female and a little older. So they hooked me up with a connected agency called the Domestic Abuse Center that worked with men who got busted for domestic violence. And they're like, hey, you're a good guy, Richie. You know, this will be ideal for you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a good guy. And shortly after starting that work, I got really depressed because I realized I'm not as good as a guy as I thought because... I saw the commonalities, even though I wasn't a hardcore batterer or control freak. Right. I had women for my selfish, you know, lustful desires and satisfaction. So it's just like um, a part of me really wanted to abandon that direction. But I knew kind of on a spiritual level, even though I hadn't really evolved, still kind of an atheist at that point. But I knew that it's something that I should just face. And so it's been a blessing that I did because that was in 89. And it's been 30 something years that I've been working with men who battered their female partners and I learned a lot about what's the right way to treat a woman and what's the wrong way and even though in those 30 plus years I've made a lot of mistakes I'm sure I would have been way worse had I not gone down that road you know but then that led me to the sex offenders in 99 a mentor of mine a lady who's connected with a domestic violence thing said oh the sex offender treatment program is coming down from up north to to LA Richie you'd be ideal for it so I interviewed and I got the job. And so I was instrumental in being in the, the ground floor of starting mm-hmm. the sex offender treatment program. And once again, it was like I, I was just doing my fourth step in uh, Cocaine Anonymous. And they use the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous as their basic text. Yes. And looking at my, taking my sexual inventory. And I had just for the last year willed from my subconscious to my conscious mind all the ways that I had harmed myself and others concerning my sexual conduct. And then it's like, boom. Here's an opportunity to work with sex offenders. And so I came into it not coming from a judgmental perspective. Oh, these are child predators. And like everybody's a human being. And these people, like everybody, deserves to be treated with respect. And I'm going to take it, you know, one day at a time and treat people with respect and try to do what I can to help them not recidivate, to help them stay out of jail and prison and not harm themselves and others. You know, so it just kind of went like that. That hooked me up with a place called Walden House where I was the house therapist because mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, Matt Ansara, who's Barbara Eden's son, he OD'd and died off of heroin uh-huh. in 2001. And that really hurt me a lot. I love the dude. In fact, he used to work out where me and Mariano used to work out down at Muscle Beach in Venice. That's where we were in that competition. <laughs> I, I was going to ask how you guys met. That's what I, I was, I was going to say, because I know that Mariano and I have had discussions about addiction before and addiction, you know, treatment centers and he was like, hey, you, you got to have Dr. Richie, Richie, Richie on. And I was like, 
And I was like, who's Dr. Ritchie? And he's like, Dr. Ritchie and the Chief. He's, I was like, okay. He's like, call him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I reached out. Thank you, Mariano. Yeah, yeah. But, you had an awesome testimony, brother. Absolutely, because I, I know, you know, um, I myself, I, I'm 17 years in recovery. And yes. yeah, and uh, I um, so I, you know, hats off for you doing what you do um, on on. I OK, this is something that I, I don't really talk about, but you are a doctor and um, I'm a survivor, OK, of pedophilia and rape and um. I've always had a hate towards pedophiles like no other, like throw them off a cliff, <laughs> you know, um, are, can they be rehabilitated? I mean, this is such a deep you know, subject. That's so radical. Let me first of all say my heart goes out to you or the inner child that was the little Don that got mistreated. They call it murder of the soul. So for, for any child to have sexuality put on them by an adult, it's tragic. It's unfortunate. It's it's detrimental. Um, and so you are a survivor, you know. And But it's I remember I was at this NA meeting and this dude was speaking and talking about how he had been sexually abused as a young as a young boy. And and he's talking about how to take responsibility for that. And I'm like, there's no way he could be responsible for being sexually abused by an adult. And he said that was not my fault. But he said. I chose to make a tape of it and play it over in my head for the next 30 years and let it rent space in my head and heart. And I'm like, man, that's brilliant. So being able to somehow let go, and that's the whole answer to everything in, in mental health and psychology and life in addiction to detach, to let go, radical acceptance. You know what? And you know what saved my life was Narcotics Anonymous and Cocaine Anonymous. N A N C A, the same thing that you were just saying. Um, yeah, I went to, you know, and I. I still have a sponsor, so it's not, you know, um, it, what is your take on it being a disease in the, yeah, I know that they've done research on this because, you know, I put myself in rehab and the doctors, they show videos of a lot of tests that have been done. Are there more tests and studies that have been done to show that it's a disease? And if not, what is your take on that? That's a good question. Um, I do see addiction as a disease, um, but I see it like it can be conceptualized in a lot of different ways. So I don't think we got to be locked into one way of seeing it, but it's a disease of the body, mind, and the spirit, a threefold disease. Mm -hmm. It's a, a medical allergy. You know, it's a psychological disorder, substance use disorder, or um, a co-occurring disorder, because most of us also have some sort of depression, anxiety, or some other condition, PTSD, whatever. And then it's also a spiritual malady. So I do buy into that, but I don't think people have to buy into that concept. Just like when you say heart disease, heart disease is not necessarily just one thing. It's a bunch of different things that adversely affect the heart. So it's not like gonorrhea where you can get penicillin and boom, you're cool. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sorry. Disease can be used, I guess, in a lot of different ways, but I do see it as a disease. I see that concept and I, I'm not dogmatic about anything. I think right. we got to conceptualize things in a way that will most benefit us or, or whoever the person is. But you also asked about meeting Mariano. He talked about yes. Dr. Richie and the chief. I do want to say, 
to the chief, like this dude brought me to the Lord. I, I've known the dude for 30 something years, but we started hanging out tough when I was working with him. We were running a rehab in Anaheim for, you know, six years or whatever. And we still stay connected. I love the dude we did, uh, Dr. Richie and the chief, like uh, the chopping block. And I did a little thing called Lives Matter. And chief is a great dude. I love that dude. He's taught me a lot. He's brilliant. Um, you know, sometimes he's controversial. He's the hardcore dude. He's made mistakes just like we all have, but I support the dude hundred percent and I'm grateful for him. He's helped change my life in a very positive way. But I met Mariano in 1995 at the Venice beach muscle classic or something like that. Cause we were both competing in a bodybuilding competition. <laughs> he looked great. He got second place. I looked not that great. I got third, but I beat out one other dude that was like 73 year old. We were in the super heavyweight, um, you know, class or whatever, but it was fun. And it was my one and only competition. So competing in bodybuilding is just like, it's an art and a science. It takes time and time again to learn. And I don't really have the discipline, but it's just dudes who are bodybuilders, man, they give up everything to be totally in tune with it. And Mariano looked great back then. That was what, 25 plus years ago or 23 years ago or whatever. He looked great. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> So, Back in the 2000s, I think 2001, yeah. 99, some of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the time. I, I'm a talker, right? So I could go on and on and on about a million things, but I do want to thank you very much, Don, and thank you very much, Mariano, for asking me to, to be on this. It's, it's an honor to be asked, and it's a privilege, and it's nice to have the opportunity to speak to the world or to the public, whoever listens, and this is kind of what I'm trying to do. The thing with um, Dr. Richie and the chief and the chopping block, um, my lady's in mental health. And so she's a brilliant lady, beautiful okay. physically inside and out. And so we're going to start our own little thing, which is dealing with psychological issues. And we're going to figure out a format and do a YouTube channel. So like, cause this is what I love to do and just talk about these issues and try to be of service to people. And, and she's brilliant. And so I, I've got to figure it all out, but, but that's, you know, stay tuned for that. Keep, keep a lookout for that. Absolutely. You know? Now, I had watched the chopping block earlier today, and um, I, I seen that you do marriage counseling, too. Um, for, for those that have been married for a long time, that's awesome. Um, I know my parents were married for over 40 years, and my grandparents, 57 years. They never even fought. And they did everything together. Cool. It was just like easy peasy, leave it to beaver kind of. <laughs> That's saying. how it should be. And, you know, uh, yeah. So, you know, um, and then I myself have, you know, I married one guy twice, uh, but I've been married cool. four times, okay? And <laughs> my mom always said, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So I married this one twice <laughs> and then he passed away. So I'm like, are you serious? So, yeah. Oh. But what is your take on if, if you know, um, if someone's having it struggles in a marriage, um, what are the steps to go about to get help um, if they're, you know, willing and wanting that's, to work through it as, of course, they should? That's a cool question. You know, my the views that I had growing up are pretty much opposite of the views that I have now. Everything that I used to think was cool. Now I think is lame and everything I used to think is lame. Now I think is cool. Like a brother of mine, him and his wife, I believe they were high school sweethearts. They've mm -hmm. only been with one another and they have a family. Like that's the coolest thing in the world. 
it took me to being over 50 to where I think I can do a relationship properly. So, you know, I kind of said it on the show. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who, for the most part, has been a failure at marriage and relationships. However, my children's mother, my only wife, ex-wife, right. and I are very close. We get along well. We're like brother and sister. We have a lot of mutual respect and love for each other. But I just wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough. So, you know, we all have issues. I had issues, fears of commitment, fears of intimacy, whatever. And it took me a good 30 years to be working through them to where I'm not perfect, but I think I'm healthy enough to be able to be successful at a committed, intimate relationship. So hopefully I'll make this one work, you know? Absolutely. Now, for for those that um, are, are struggling, when, you know, um, when's the best time to, I mean, I don't, I can't see walking away for, for me because I mean, you know, of course my last husband passed, but, um, everybody has their stories. Um, but when would be the best time to, to walk away in a situation, not necessarily divorce, but like walk away into another room to keep, keep it from escalating because if you know, yeah, I think it's a case by case basis. I mean, there's the one question when to walk away and there's the other question when to get therapy, but it's too easy to get married and it's too hard to get divorced. I think they need to switch that. We're living in an upside down world. So it needs to be difficult to get married. We should have to go to premarital counseling first and have, you know, somebody be able to say a therapist or somebody not to restrict us that much, but to give a recommendation to be like, you know what, you guys, your belief systems are not in sync enough or, Hey, there's something here that's problematic. And, to be able to start working that out before people are able to get married. Now, the thing is so many people nowadays just get in a relationship and they're not getting married. So in a way it probably reduced the number of marriages that are happening. People just right. would be together. But, so it's hard. And it, I, I'm not into like controlling people. There's too many rules and laws as it is, but I just think it's a pragmatic idea for all of us to really think before getting into a relationship and this is the first time in my life i've done it without putting the cart before the horse uh-huh. and, it's, and it has a lot more ability of being successful where i got to know this person for a year and a half got to know each other deeply on a non-romantic level and we're friends kind of best friends and and but we also had that interest so now we're going on the you know dating relationship romantic type thing boyfriend girlfriend whatever and it seems like it has a lot higher probability of working out than when you meet somebody at a club, get together, get the sack, and then get to know <laughs> yeah. a few years. It's backwards, but that's just how <laughs> it typically happened, you know, to some degree or another. Absolutely, absolutely. Where can our where well, can our viewers chew in or not chew in? <laughs> where can our viewers view in the chopping block? I went to say the chopping block and view at the same time. That's cool. They well the chopping to- block is <laughs> The chopping block is under Dr. Richie and the Chief, which is on YouTube and on Facebook. I'm not that technologically advanced, unfortunately, and so it's tough nowadays with all this stuff. I mean, it took an act of Congress to get us rolling the way we are right now, and it's you know we've got little Dixie cups with strings going, you know, across <laughs> states, but it's crazy. But um, yeah, Dr. Richie and the Chief. I also have this little show on there called Lives Matter, and it was interviewing different people, really interesting people. This one brother uh, this one friend called big liam who's actually a friend of chiefs too interviewed him he had an amazing story he was a victim of sexual abuse at a young age and it's tough to talk about it but especially as a male man i mean i 
have a tremendous amount of respect for this dude. He was a professional wrestler. He's, um, you know, Liam, brother, Mariano, you know, big Liam, you probably do. He's incredible. Yeah, I think so. It's awesome. You know, those are some things we got going on, but it's not like an ongoing thing that we're doing. And so hopefully we will get back on track. In fact, I'm going to text chief right after this. But like I said, my girlfriend and I, we're going to start our own little thing. I just don't have it exactly in the works, like what it's going to be called or, you know, whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm my email address is drrichiepsych at gmail.com. My phone number is 213-700-0007. Or people can get in touch with me through you guys. So I've got some things in the works, but um, nice. I thank you for asking. And then just, yeah, keep tuning in to Chief because he's always doing good stuff, you know. I wanted to ask for those uh, family members that have loved ones that are suffering with mental illness, what is your advice to them on how to be able to handle things and to be able to help support their loved ones and not be, um, because I I know sometimes people can be cruel, you know, but how can they be more supportive and how can they seek help for their loved ones? It's tough because I'm sure, you know, the people that we're the, the least friendly to oftentimes is our family members because we're accustomed to being around one another. And so we let our guard down and we'll abuse each other. And then a stranger comes up and asks what time it is. And we're all polite and friendly to him. So it's just kind of the nature of things. There's, it's, what's tough, though, is like when you they have like, say, a schizophrenic son or brother or whatever, and he's having an episode and then they call 911 to get help and then the cops come out and blast and kill him and that's really unfortunate so it's just a tough situation we've got a lot of problems in this world but yeah getting educated there's a lot of stigma against mental illness and when people suffer from schizophrenia like i just said schizophrenic but a person isn't a schizophrenic they're a a person that has the disease of schizophrenia you know and it's too easy to put label on people and hey this person's this this person's that and then we're treating them based yep. on the label. Everybody's a human being. Everybody deserves to be treated with respect. Everybody has feelings and life's a struggle. Life's hard. So I think being empathic, compassionate, caring about one another, we're all just a room full of mirrors. So we got to realize everybody's like us to some degree or another. And there might be differences, but those differences can be celebrated. You know, the whole color thing, white, black, gay, straight, all that. Like I don't trip on any of that. Everybody's an individual and in every group, there's the coolest of the coolest of the coolest, and then there's straight assholes, and then there's everything in between Amen. within every group. So I just try to treat people as individuals, and I everybody with respect. That's my goal, and I pretty much do it. And I, I believe everybody deserves that. You know. What is your take on um, children with uh, on medication that are suffering with? Uh, that are suffering mental with mental illness it, and sometimes it's so crazy the, because when I was 13, like I knew everything. And then at 46, I realized I don't know shit. Uh-huh. So at 53, I'm still know very little, but I do have opinions on most subjects. And what's radical is at this age, I can always see both sides. Like for example, say with prostitution, like, well, like, does the government have a right to say what I can do with my body? Like if I wanted to trade sex for money to a woman, like why, how could they say that I can't do that? But then on the other hand, the reality of what happens in prostitution is it's usually, it's not adding to people spiritually. They're at a disadvantage oftentimes because they're caught up in addiction or something like that. So, you know, 
and it's not something that helps you um like say pornography or whatever yeah i mean we should be able to do what we want as long as it doesn't hurt another person but it's not helping us it's not adding to us it's it's the deceiver it's in the deceiver's realm so right it's a tough one when it comes to medication i think that sometimes people get um misdiagnosed and they get improperly medicated the billion dollar drug companies have a huge influence so sometimes people are improperly medicated or overly medicated but some medications in situations has really saved people's lives so it's just a tough one. I think it's great that medication exists to where back, you know, say 300 years ago, if you are in terror with anxiety, like, what do you do? Or you're totally depressed where you just don't even want to get out of bed. Now that there's medication to make life a little bit more livable and then, you know, combine with therapy, hopefully, you know, it can be a lot more livable. Right. So I'm kind of like it varies. It, it depends on a case to case basis. I'm not totally against. I'm not totally for it. It's just like the issue of marijuana, very controversial. I'm not anti-marijuana. I'm not, I don't think everybody should smoke marijuana. You know, like right. it's a case by case. I smoked it from age 11 to like 33 when it was illegal. Now it's not legal. I mean, now it is legal. I don't smoke it, but it's not because I think it's a terrible <laughs> thing. It's just because I just, I'm cool. I got enough issues. I'm not trying to add more things on top of it. Right, you know? right. So every that. question that you ask me, I could like it's controversial because I could see all the different angles on it. And I just think that basically we need to use our heads. We need to use common sense. We need to think about the impact. And when when profit comes before people, it's unfortunate. I think people need to come before profit. But that's not happening all over the place, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mariano, do you have any questions for Dr. Ritchie? Um, yeah, Dr. Ritchie, um, I actually did. Uh, I was programmed too at the, at the Broadway Treatments and I was there for, for about a couple of weeks and Dr. Ritchie helped me. I'm, I'm starting to use CBD oil and uh, my wife and we use it and, and I know there's so many things about it. It's I feel the difference. It's been about a month. My wife's been using it. Uh, I use 600 milligrams twice a day. I don't know. What is your opinion on the CBD oil? I think it's positive, man, because CBD doesn't get you high if that's people's issue. Right. And it seems to have had a tremendous amount of yeah. healing properties in a variety of different things. I think if something is helpful and it's not detrimental, then why not? You know, um, governmental regulation and then getting in our business. Like, I think government's too big. I think that the government, we're supposed to be the government. It's of the people, by the people, for the people. That's not really how it's become in all ways. And there's some great things about our government. And then there's some terrible things and everything in between. Just like, but in terms of CBD oil, you know, I, I don't see any negatives with it per se. When it starts to get into involving THC, that's when I guess it gets controversial. I'm right. still not against it if that's what's beneficial for the person, you know. But then again, um, like my whole thing against my concern with marijuana and stuff like that is, it was, it was my gateway that led to everything else. So I wouldn't recommend to young people to smoke marijuana in the fear it could lead to everything else, you know, or to drink beer or to smoke cigarettes or whatever. But, you know, I've done all that. Everybody's going to do what they're going to do. But that's my main concern is that it leads to other things. But in and of itself for the healing properties, man, it's, it's beautiful that people who are hurting or people that, you know, are having seizures, little babies or whatever, can have that eradicated from a natural plant substance i think is beautiful bro amen amen where can, 
where can our uh, where can our viewers to tune in or follow you on social media uh, to keep up with what you got going on? That's a great question. I wish I had an answer because though, yeah, I have like a Dr. Richie Facebook. I'm, I'm so bad. I'm not like on top of that, but I'm, I'm meaning to be more on top of it. I'm going to, like I said, my lady and I, she's a mental health professional. We're going to start our little like channel and get things rolling. So, you know, I'll let you know when we are, so you could put it, hopefully you'd be willing to put it on your podcast and then we can let people know then. But right now it's just like, I was going to say for our viewers that are here on a new podcast.com and, and on big dogs corner, Dr. Richie's bio that you're probably watching this on, just scroll down and click the link. It's a live link. It'll take you right to his social media and his YouTube and you sub can subscribe and follow that way. Um, Dr. Richie, bef before we conclude, I just want to say, I wanted to thank you for being a guest on big dogs corner tonight um, it's been great having you on very, very informational, a lot, of, you know, very informative, a lot of information. And do you have any closing statements for our audience tonight? Thank you. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you, Mariano brother, for remembering me and keeping me involved with this. And Don, it's a pleasure to meet you. You're a great person. I appreciate you. your openness, everything you've been through, but you still keep pushing. You know, my closing statements is just like, Hey, um, we could point the finger at other people and have say how messed up the world is, but the only thing we can really hope to control is self. So I want to encourage myself and others to just try to conduct themselves in the best way possible, treat themselves and others with respect. And the changing the world starts by changing self. I'm far less than perfect, and I don't think anybody's expected to be, but there's always room for improvement. So I'd encourage each and every one of us to try to improve ourselves a little tiny bit and take little baby steps because it change happens most um, successfully over time when it's incremental. When we try to make a big change, oftentimes that's not going to stick, but we're creatures of habit. So try to make these little changes for the better and get into positive routines, not a negative rut. Um, follow uh, chief because that dude puts out a lot of wisdom. He's a great guy. And just um, thank you very much, you guys. I really appreciate you letting me be on this thing. God bless everybody out there in America, the world, other galaxies, all that. God bless Dr. Ritchie. Absolutely. God bless Dr. Ritchie. It's been great. Now, for our audience, I want to thank you for tuning in today to our show. And um, this has been Big Dog's Corner on a new podcast. And until next time. Thanks, folks.